welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Health series. This is on purpose. This is intentional. We felt the Lord over the last three years has spoken clearly about the steps that we need to take um, to enter in, embrace and experience what He has for us. Um, we're not living out there because it's all happening now. It's just... Um, some things are happening smaller than what they will. Some things are happening large and they'll pull back. Some things are happening um, really in the infancy stage, in the embryo stage. Um, some are actually in the... Something, some, some things are being um, conceived now. Some things are being dreamt about now and we won't see the fruit of the dream for another year. Um, some things were dreamt of four years ago and now we're seeing the fruit of it. Some things were applied two years ago. Some things were planted a year ago. And, and we've gone through seasons. Um, we've gone through multiple different seasons as a church with different themes and highlights and, and, and sadness and happiness and, and, um, and, and loss and breakthrough and um, disappointment and, 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 um, and, and hope. And it's been a journey. And this series is important for where we are going. And remember, we're not, we don't have a destination mindset. We have a process driven mindset where we celebrate the journey we value the journey we we value everything about it am i the greatest communicator and speaker that i'm going to be in my life no one day um what one day in again down the track i'm i might be clearer i might be more articulate i might have greater revelation but but today is great the worship team are they are they their finished product no but what do we do? We don't hope they're like this or like them. We celebrate them for who they are and we, and we celebrate the victories and the breakthrough and the growth and the, um, for things that they're working through privately and personally and together. And we celebrate that and we champion that and we say, wow, the kingdom is now. The kingdom is coming, uh, meaning not Jesus coming back. I'm saying the kingdom is coming because the church is rising uh, and the earth is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. Um, that the, the, the sons of and daughters of God would stand up, would rise up, would believe, would operate in their inheritance, would operate in everything that's in their account, get it into their possession and then release it everywhere they go. This is the goal, is the dream, but let's not hope and think that it's just all out there tomorrow or Wednesday or Thursday or next year or when I do this or if I be this or when I overcome that. No, 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 no. The kingdom is now. It's coming and we're not talking about Jesus coming back. We're talking about it's coming through the people as we all grow. But there, there is always something happening now. Tasha's been saying it as well, and I love it. It's not, we're not waiting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we're not waiting. We use the word break. I think we overuse the word breakthrough. It's just something that, it's a Christian cliche word. And I don't want to put off people from using it again, or they've done videos and they use the word breakthrough. It's not a bad word, but I think we overdo the word and it becomes like this belief system that we're always looking out in the future and we're always declaring breakthrough. The reality is we've already got the breakthrough and I honestly believe it's just a belief system, like what Aaron was saying, that it's, it's about getting it out of the account into our possession, which comes through belief, which comes through an intentional pursuit of having Him transform our minds, which comes from spending time with the Lord face-to-face, -face, intimate, talking to Him, worshipping Him, reading His Word, and having other people speak into our life. They're the four things. They're the four things. Having people speak into our life, worshipping, praying, and reading the Word. That's the four, 
main things of how we become transformed. It's how the Lord set it up. And there's one other really, really large thing, and we're going to continue it today because our goal is to think, live, and love like Jesus. This is our health series, and everything that I just said can't actually happen in its entirety, in the fullness, in what the Lord has planned and prepared and designed and created and beautifully expects us to walk in unless we first address this. So we'll do a tiny little recap. Um, week one was Ephesians uh, 4, 15 to 16. I'm just going to read verse 16. We start with the culmination. I want to remind us again of what we're talking about. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is uh, healthy and growing and full of love. That's the, that is the, the culmination of this Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 verse. This is our health series passage. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each um, part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body can be healthy, perfect, and growing full of love. About time I memorized it. Um, so we spoke about that being the, 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 the goal of this passage, but it's not the goal because the goal, Ephesians 4.16 isn't an end unto itself. It's not the goal. It's the goal of the passage, but the passage points to heaven to earth. So whenever there's a truth in the Bible, it's always pointing to heaven to earth. And you go, well, hang on, isn't this just your thing that you've made up and you got from Bethel and da, da, da. It's like, no. Like I've been influenced. Um, I've had to study the scripture, learn the scripture. But when we look at Jesus, when we look at why he was sent, when we read the, 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 the prayer that, that the disciples asked how to pray and Jesus tell them how to pray, it becomes clear. It becomes simple. It becomes obvious that he wants this earth to be infiltrated and um, overwhelmed by heaven because heaven is now in us. The kingdom is now in us. So this is a really, really big deal that we understand that Ephesians 4.16 is not the goal. The goal is not that the church just stays healthy, growing and full of love. Why do we want to be healthy? Why do we want to grow? Why do we want to be full of love? Why do we need to celebrate our own uniqueness? Why do we need to celebrate our diversity? Why do we need to celebrate each other? Why do we need to do this? Why do we need to be full of love? It's because these are the key ingredients that release heaven to earth. These are the things that show the world that we're thinking, living and loving like Jesus. So that was week one, talking about Ephesians 4.16. Then the week before that, we spoke about... Um, now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. That he gave five diverse, five opposite, five unique functions, five unique ways of seeing, and he placed them inside the church so that the model um, that is used to see the world encounter Jesus was via the structure of a church that would gather and agree together and celebrate together. But then there would be five diverse and opposite and unique 
functioning gifts, graces, and people that would enter the church and that would equip the saints with those that gravitate more to pastoring, those that gravitate more to the evangelist, those that gravitate more to seeing in the spirit and the prophetic and what's to come, those that gravitate towards the big picture, signs and wonders and miracles and transforming culture, those that gravitate um, towards truth and learning and revelation and, and growing and study. Um, this is just such a big deal that all this is happening. And the, and the goal and the key and, and the dream is that while they're all happening in the structure of church, these come together within that and they all gravitate and grow in their own thing so that the individual comes alive. But when the individuals start coming alive that are being mothered and fathered and mentored and led and equipped and empowered by the person that carries the grace then everyone else starts to carry the grace and they start to function in it. And not only that, but the design is that they all honor and value and celebrate each other's uniqueness within the one church. So we've got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they're all perfect and unique um, and distinct personalities, but they're completely unified. So Jesus is modeling the Trinity by putting five unique, diverse, opposite functioning people at sea different in a church. And he said, get along. And not tolerance because tolerance is not grace. Like grace is kindness and favor and this absolutely outward expression of I need you, I want you, and I'm not just tolerating you, but we need to do this together. Because as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body can be healthy, growing and full of love. So it was the heart of the Lord to put five opposite people together. And I tell you what, the Ephesians 4.16 of growing and the heaven to earth, the large, fat, massive, pink fluorescent elephant in the room standing between you and heaven to earth and standing between you and your dream of what you and the Lord could be like and your dream between what your life could look like with the kingdom in you and his presence on you, um, your dream of, of what he could do through you, the big obstacle in the way is people. Because Jesus put five opposite people in the church and if that's not embraced and pursued and walked towards and in humility and hunger allowed to do stuff in your life, 4.16, Ephesians 4.16 can't happen. Remember, Ephesians 4.16 is the fruit of the first five verses. And if the fruit is happening, then guess what's happening? Heaven to earth is happening. But if we don't address the people issue, then Ephesians 4.16 can't happen. And then heaven to earth can't happen. And all we have is dribs and drabs. It's not a constant flow of grace everywhere we go in every area of society. Um, school pickups, people's knees are getting healed, people's lives are getting transformed. Um, when we go to the grocery store, people are getting rocked and ruined by the presence of God. Um, when we send them messages and encouragement and deliveries via um, the post or Zoom or text or Facebook, we're just seeing so much good happening. Um, it's meant to happen every day, everywhere. And if we don't address this people, capitals, people deal, then we are going to unfortunately not live in what he has for us. Um, Lee spoke amazingly um, just about celebrating ourselves. We can't celebrate others and their uniqueness and the way that they're wired 
genuinely and truly, because we can go, yeah, yeah, great, but there's all this junk going on inside of us because we're not often, we don't do well when people think different. Um, how are you at biting your tongue um, when you see a post on Facebook, when you see people not wearing a mask properly, when you see people that are maybe at a park that is outside of their 5Ks? Um, what's, what do you do? Here's a good test. If, if some stuff starts to, to creep up inside you, and it might not be just that, it might be when you're at a friend's house and they're parenting different to you. When they're, when they're, when they're just, the way that they see is opposite to you. It's a really good test to, to see, do you truly love and value all people regardless of how they think? Do you celebrate the way that they think? Because it's the height of arrogance and pride um, when you think that the way that you operate in every area of your life is right. But I love it that we actually get to grow in humility and we get to grow as people and we get to understand that we don't have it all together all the time and we need each other. And I love it that the fact that I can see stuff and I feel it. I personally feel like a physical knot in my chest when um, some stuff starts to get up. I can become defensive and, and jealous and there's some just junk that comes up and I've got to stop and breathe and see the person the way that Jesus sees them. So it's important to celebrate other people's diversity and uniqueness, but we've got to understand ourselves. And we've spent a lot of time on that. I really, I, I'm, I, I hope... Um, and um, pray that everyone's been able to do the fivefold test and the um, the, um, the 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 stuff the what the love languages. I'm really hoping that's been on the website for a few weeks now. Um, I'm hoping that the temperament stuff's been on there. Our heart this year is that everyone would have a personal archive of who they are, and that doesn't just come from doing tests. It comes from um, doing life with people and asking questions and writing out who you are and. And, and it also does come, um, it, it helps doing tests and reading books and reading blurbs. There is so much content on the website. So our prayer is that you would um, have it um, all um, aware because if you don't know who you are and how you're wired and how you roll, then it's very hard to show up. It's very hard to be intentional and confident in who you are. And if you don't actually get it for yourself, you're not going to be able to celebrate it in others. Is that okay? So the remaining 20... Um, yeah, in the remaining 20 minutes, I just want to jump off what Peter was talking about last week, which I thought was really great. Um, he was talking about unity. Um, we've been saying for probably six months now, maybe a year now, that um, unity um, does not come from uniformity. And I love it that Peter mentioned that again, that unity does not come from uniformity, but it comes from diversity. And Jesus modeled that. Um, he modeled that perfectly um, when he chose the twelve. The Trinity modeled it well, and he also modeled it brilliantly when he chose the fivefold to fill the church, to impart and, um, and grow the church um, so that they could influence the world. So what we're going to do, we're going to jump onto what Peter spoke about last week for a bit, unity, and then we're going to morph into love. Um, and then um, the remaining how many weeks? This is week six, I believe. Um, so it goes quick. Um, the, and I just want to say, like, the only way that these series work, um, the only way they really work is that if every individual um, um, clothes themselves with humility and also hunger and um, privately um, and tenaciously goes after all this. 
Uh, it doesn't actually work if it's only listened to on a Sunday um, and then just sort of becomes, oh yeah, we're doing that health series. Um, it's, I think it, it honestly is the intentionality side of things is it's bigger than we think. It, it, it's the actual, it's the factor whether we grow or not because um, he's, he's entrusted us with so much and often we just let life overwhelm um, all, the, all the, the potential and the growth and, the, and I, get it, I get that it's all mixed in but if we're only randomly thinking about things um, throughout the week, it's very difficult to, to grow. If there's no set goals or there's no, um, if there's nothing you're locking into, if there's nothing to motivate you, if there's nothing, if there's no prize, if there's no goal, it's, it's very hard to be motivated. So I just want to encourage that. Um, it's, it's, the intentionality thing is massive. So let's look at um, 1 Corinthians 12 again. Peter read this out, which I thought was really good. I just want to—I just want to jump off what he was talking about. Um, unity is a really big deal. Okay, so one Corinthians twelve, um, twelve to twenty. We might not read it all out, or we might. Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink, come on, deeply of the same Holy Spirit. Verse 14, in fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it's forgetting that it is a vital part of the body. Verse 16, and if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is an important part of the body. Verse 17, think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed, come on, each member and placed it, placed you into the body to function as he desires, as he planned, as he made you. Verse 19, I love this. A diversity is required, Passion Translation. Verse 19, a diversity is required. For if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many differing parts and functions, but one body. I just wrote down here, uniformity does not create unity. Tolerance is not grace. Honor does not mean agreement. Diversity is the critical key for unity. I love that that Paul said, for the body to work together, diversity is required. Remember that the Godhead thought it was a great idea to put five diverse gifts within the church so that we can grow in loving and valuing each other. The goal was unity. I love it. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25 to 26. So just skipped a few chapter verses and just jumped down to the finish of it. Um, this is talking about the body and that chunk that we just read. Paul said this, He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern and so that there will be no division in the body 
In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. This is really deep. And like the, for the full revelation of 1 Corinthians 25 to 26, um, for that to fully land, that's a few days, few weeks, few months process for the Lord to highlight that and for it to settle in your heart. Because that'll change your life. The way that you view the church and view ministries and view people um, and view the, 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 the people that we're doing life with as a church. If we don't get the church, the, the Lord loves categories. He loves everyone, but he loves categories because he loved the 12, but he had the three and then he had the one. He, he loves that. It's no favoritism, but there's intentionality with those that pursue a greater connection. He'll, he'll give you as much as you want. Like, yeah. Um, anyway, I won't go there. But um, this is a really big deal. Um, he's done it intentionally. What has he done? I wrote here. He placed the different parts all together to work together. He placed the different parts all together to work together. What has he done? He's placed the different parts all together to work together. Diversity will equal unity, but humility is the key. Why has he done it? Why has he placed all the different parts together to work together? Why has he done it? He's done it for unity. He's done it for unity. And this leads us into the middle part of our Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. We did 15 and 16. We did 11 and 12. And today we're doing 13. We're not going to do 14. We might do that another time, but 13 is important in my remaining 15 minutes. Ephesians 4.13. This is our key um, scripture passage, and this is the middle part of it. This is what we're talking about today. Peter spoke about it last week. Um, Unity. We're going to talk about unity, the importance of unity, and then move into love. Um, And we might talk about love next week as well. We'll see. Um, Ephesians 4.13. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we might be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I'll read that again. Ephesians 4.13 This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of of Christ. Okay, key questions to ask. What will continue? He just said this will continue. What will continue? Great question. This is what will continue. The fivefold ministry all coming together and working together within a church to see all of the truths and the functions happen within and outside, within and outside of the church. That's the context. Okay, this will continue. What will continue? The, the, the five diverse gifts creating a culture of honoring five unique gifts and beyond because there's more than five. And we start to pull and value on them all and, and look outside of ourselves and not just think the thing that we're doing is the only thing. So what will continue? That will continue. The five diverse gifts and graces and people equipping the church. That will continue. Um, how long will it continue for? That's a really important question. This is what you've got to do when you read the scriptures. You've got to ask questions, key questions, so that you can come to the answer and Holy Spirit reveals it. What will continue? The fivefold operating in the church. How long will it continue for? Great question. This will continue 
until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we'll be mature in the Lord. So what's the answer? How long will it continue? Until we all come to such unity in our faith. Until we all come to such unity in our faith. What else? That's one. Knowledge of God's Son. The word knowledge is genisco, genosco, and it means to experience, to know God through experience, so that we all experience God's Son, Jesus. We experience Him. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue until we all experience God's Son to the height that we can experience Him, until we get unity in our faith, all of us. So we don't have unity if it's some of us. We only have unity if it's all of us. Um, growing uh, mature in the Lord, that's massive. So it's going to continue until there's this as well, maturity in the Lord. What does that look like? Let's read the New Testament. And there's about a thousand different things that will prove maturity. And then the final one is just an easy one, just thrown in at the end. This is basic. Most of us have got this. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I mean, I'm sweet. I'm not sure about, are you good? Yeah, Mitch is good. I'm good. So that last one, probably don't even mention that because that's, I mean, that's, that's easy peasy, um, easy peasy. Measuring up to the full and, so it's not, oh, I thought it was to the full standard of Christ. No, it's the full and complete standard of Christ. Sweet, wow, okay. So what will continue? The five diverse graces, gifts and people operating in a church and it's all embracing it and loving each other and celebrating and valuing the uniqueness because that's the purpose of it. He wants unity and we can't have unity unless we've got diversity. So he did this on purpose to set us up. And the last verse, 4.16, can't happen if we don't address this people deal. Heaven to earth cannot happen if we don't actually start to go, you know what, this people thing, I've got to work on this. I've got to, and you don't have to work on it yourself because Holy Spirit comes in and highlights and touches. You know, you can, you, can, you can honestly dislike a person and oppositely oppose them and have all this junk come up in you and you, and you avoid them and you, you've built distance towards them. And you take it to the Lord and you say, God, how do you see this person? God, I, I want your agape love to overflow me, overwhelm me, to rock me. Your intentional, active, sacrificial love. The word agape means intentional, active, self-sacrificing love. For you to actually get to the point of bringing this to the Lord and say their name out loud and say, I've got issues. I get defensive when I talk to them or talk about them. I feel a knot in my chest. I've created a distance. My goal in my relationship with them is distance because I'm right and they're wrong. And the way that they live and roll and the way that I perceive them through social media or what I've heard them say, it's developed this belief system in me that them and I will not do well together. When you actually address that and bring it to the Lord, one word from him. One breath, one touch, one moment with him and you can actually have an aha moment. He will illuminate your heart and your mind and you will, this is a big deal to take things to him. Often we make this, too often we make decisions in life and not consult him. Too often in life we'll make massive decisions, massive choices and, uh, and we don't ask him. Like, hey, can you preach this week? Nah, don't want to. And I'll often say, did you ask him? And it's not a manipulative question because he might say no. But if we don't actually say, hey, Jesus, you're really invested in my growth. You're really invested in, in my risk taking. 
and I'm aware that if I don't take risk and stretch, um, I, I might not grow. But there's sometimes that it's okay to say no because I'm learning about boundaries and my week this week was cooked. But there's going to be some weeks where your week's cooked and he still says do it. But if you actually only default to I can't do things because of my load and you don't ask him, then we're actually missing out on growth and upgrades and you becoming into the full and complete standard of Christ and maturing in the Lord and, and, and coming into knowledge of God's son. Ask the Lord, hey God, it, it, it's, it's, it's the greatest sign of humility when, um, and, and hunger to grow and become. This is when it really, like it, it moves out from just becoming a, being a game and who cares into, man, I want to raise the dead. I want, to, I want to see the sick recover. I want people when I touch them to feel peace and grace. When you can actually get to the point of hunger and humility, because you can't do this without hunger and humility, and go, God, what should I do? Should I sell that car? Should I buy that car? Should I buy that house? Should I go and pay for that groceries? Should I go on up to that blind person and offer to pray? Should I preach this Sunday? Should I do that testimony? Should I, should I, should I be a part of that small group? Like, I'm serious, like asking the Lord, because when you start to ask, Lord, hey, God, I, I hate that person. <laughs> like, they've hurt me 17 times, and I, I can't forgive them. And I've, yeah, I'm aware that um, defensiveness is there, um, bitterness is there, envy is there, jealousy, and all the other demons are, are, are screaming. But I tell you what, going to the Lord is such a big deal. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, man. How long is it going to continue? What will continue? The five diverse functions operating in the church. How long will it continue? Until we all come to unity in our faith, knowledge of God's Son, being mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. What a challenge. So to put simply, us choosing to go on a journey to truly embrace diversity is the key to unity. It is the key to being mature in the Lord, which is the key to being... To, which is the key to measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, which is the key to growing more and more like Him, which is verse 15 in our passage. And that is the key to being part of a healthy, growing body, which is full of love, seeing heaven come to earth. Thinking, living and loving like Jesus is only possible when we address the elephant in the room, which is our ability to love people like Jesus did, to think about people the way that Jesus did, to live with them the way that Jesus did. Unity is a big deal and it only happens through diversity. Unity, um, I'll say it like this. I've never said it like this. But we will have a perverted unity if we only celebrate the people that think the same way that we do. We, oh wow. We will have a counterfeit unity when we only celebrate values, spend time with, um, message, contact, sit next to, um, celebrate people that think the same as us. But we want genuine kingdom God-breathed, God-designed, God's heart, God's idea around unity, which only comes through embracing, through humility and hunger, people that think different and see different. Mm. 
He's all over this church. And the culmination of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talking about the body, talking about diversity is required, talking about that when one hurts, we all hurt. That's a big deal, man, if we can get to that point. And the only way that you'll get to that point is by spending intentional time with him and catching his heart because you, be, you become whatever you behold. So if you don't spend time with the Lord, I mean, you'll, you'll, I'm not being arrogant or um, patronizing or condescending with this statement, but I mean, if you don't spend time with the Lord, you'll never grow. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's, just, that's just like, you'll never grow. Um, of course, there'll be little bursts here and there, but if you don't spend time with the Lord, like you never actually become who you were created to be. It's just impossible. It's just, it's just the opposite of how it was meant to happen. Like a marriage will is a marriage will inevitably fail if the two people don't spend time together. It's just absolutely obvious. Um, so, so let's move out of that down into the last verse of one Corinthians chapter twelve, and Paul says. And now I will show you a superior way to live that is beyond comprehension. And other translations say, and now I will show you a better way. So this is my remaining five minutes. I just want to um, paint the picture for next week. So we're going we're to hit love in a big way next week. But I just want to paint this picture. Paul says, and now I'll show you a more superior way to live that is beyond comprehension. Okay, so Paul has taught on the body and how there are different parts that must each work together. He said diversity is required. He makes huge points about the importance of coming together and valuing each other and celebrating each other's uniqueness. But then his last statement, he says, now I will show you a more superior way to live. And, I, and this is what I've written here, which is very much linked to Paul saying in Ephesians 4.13, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Okay, I've written here, a, a more superior way to live is measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Because God is love, Jesus is love, Hebrews 1.3, um, Jesus the Son is the exact representation of the Father. So Jesus came to model what the Father is like. God is love, the Trinity is love, Jesus is love, the Holy Spirit is love. So Jesus is the personification is that a word? Wow. I shouldn't have checked that. I should have been confident. Um, Jesus is the personification of love. Dictionary, love, picture of Jesus. Because he modeled who the Father was. He came to go, guess what, guys? I'm here to reveal the Father. The, the Father is love. So everything I do is um, reflecting who he is. I want to show you a more superior way. Wow. The more superior way is Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, which is him, which is thinking, living, and loving like Jesus. I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 to 3. And then we're gonna then we're gonna chat for a minute and then I'm gonna pray. So we've spoken about unity. We've spoken about the importance of unity. Um I love this. I love this. Don't you love it that we can disagree? Because Peter last week said um, that uh, love is the fruit of unity. And I'm like, oh, I actually think unity is the fruit of love. <laughs> um, and, and I get lots of things in the kingdom are circular. Um, but I'm going with um, the opposite. 
to because I mean you can you could probably paint a picture for both, but I'm like oh I'm I'm going I'm going down the um the path that unity is the fruit of love, and that's not to be a jerk to Peter, um, because <laughs> um, we we chat about all kinds of differences and we celebrate each other and that's fine and and that's great. But I really do feel that unity is actually the fruit of love, um that love is the most important thing and that when we have love when we grow in love. We love because God first loved us. That love is the foundation and everything comes out of love. Um, we're not going to celebrate someone else if there's not love. Um, we can't have unity if there's not love. We're not just going to conjure up unity and then that produces love. I get things are circular and they work together, but foundationally and from a launching place, I really do believe that the fruit of love is unity. And I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 to 3, and then I'm going to pray. Um, This is Passion Translation. If I were to speak with the eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. It's one of the heaviest scriptures in um, the whole Bible. But as we know that anything heavy is empowering for us. And everything's redemptive. Every, every um, God-breathed scripture is, has a, is redemptive in nature. Verse 2. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed an unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. Verse 3, and if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. I encourage you to read that in the Passion Translation and allow the Lord to, to touch and to encourage. And I want to read this last verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, Passion Translation, the culmination of the love chapter, so to speak. Until then, there are three things that remain. He's talking about when we meet Jesus in heaven and we um, encounter him and we begin that new season in life. He goes, until then, there are three things. So this is on earth. This is now. Until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. In 1 Corinthians 14, the the next chapter, the next verse, Paul says, let love be your highest goal. God is love. Jesus is love. Holy Spirit is love. Jesus came to put on display what love is like. And we're going to talk about love Next week, we're going to look at it. What does the word agape mean? What does it actually look like? Because it can become a cliche word. We can become familiar with that word. And we don't want to do that because we want to see unity. We want to see us celebrating and valuing each other, our own uniqueness and others, the way that Jesus did, to think, live and love like Jesus. And if we don't have love, then everything we do counts for nothing. And that's strong, but I'm so filled with hope 
that I can grow in love. And whatever I become, I, uh, whatever I behold, I become. So Jesus, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for love. Yeah, I thank you that love came down. That you are love. That, that you are perfect love. That we are being perfected in love. It's a process. I thank you that love casts out all fear. Because we've received love and we haven't received the spirit of fear. I thank you that fear and love are opposite and that love is the superior way, Paul says. That when we're trying to figure out this people thing and loving them and unified and celebrating their diversity and the fact that they think opposite to us, love is the game changer. A moment with perfect love will cause us to think, live and love like him. We want to love like you, Jesus, which I thank you, God, that unity comes from that. Humility comes from that. Hunger comes from that. Intentionality comes from that. We love you. And I I thank you for this week, God, that as we pursue you, as we prioritize time with you, that will let love change us and remind us of what you've already done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.